So we're, in the, we're talking about our summer on the patio, and one of the coolest things about summer, I hope you've done this, is you get to experience lots of cool things, right? Like the point of the summer is to get away and to experience and to enjoy and to discover and to be kind of crazy. I don't know, our kids haven't gone to bed on time for like a month. I think we just quit trying. We're like, whatever, you know? Maybe they'll sleep in a little bit, and then we can actually get some quiet in the morning. It's amazing. It doesn't work, but, you know, it's a good idea. But uh, one of the things that, what, so think about your summer. What's been the, some of your best experiences? You know, we got to go back to North Dakota, be at my dad's cabin, and just spend time just sitting and taking, taking in the, the, the nieces and nephews running around. And, and we got to do some backpacking. We've just kind of, we went and got ice cream a couple times. Not enough, I think, but that's probably for the best. Um, but, but summer is about experience, right? You like go out, you experience, you take vacations, you go to uh, across the world. Some of you, our friend Claire, you're going to hear from her in a couple weeks. She did a 100-mile hike in the Swiss Alps. And uh, minus the hiking, that sounds awesome. I mean, <laughs> maybe like a 40-mile hike, maybe. But um, So yeah, I mean, like this, it's about experience. Uh, one of the things we're talking about today and kind of over the next couple weeks is how do we, I think there's this kind of push, especially in evangelical world and in church world, it's like we have to experience God. How many people have thought about that? I got to experience God. I got to experience him. I got to figure out how to be with him. I got to have my quiet times. I got to read the word. I got to engage him in some way. And I want to talk a little bit about a little bit of a twist on that, um, where I think God in some ways isn't just focused on just us experiencing him, but he wants us to experience this life with him. And I think sometimes we get kind of focused on just like, I gotta find, I'm not close enough to him, I'm not doing enough for him, I'm not close and connected enough to him. And we're kind of missing out on God being like, go enjoy this world and be with me. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. Does that sound good? Good. Well, it's, that's what we're getting, so. All right, I'm going to read uh, some, some of this here for you. So, I'm going to read uh, the first bo- book of Genesis. I know the whole book. This is getting crazy. So yeah, I'm going to read this. Uh, feel free to, I, when, sometimes when I, I hear a long section of scripture, I like to close my eyes and just kind of take it in. So if you want to do that, you can do that. I'm going to read this. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So it's easy to find. First page. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Lord of, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening. And there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water from the expanse from the water above it. And so it was. And God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let, there, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land and gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day and the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And so it was. 
God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And also he made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky and gave light to the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let, there, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which there was water te- were water teams according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and he, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening. And there was morning, the fifth day. Right, I think this is where we have it on the screen. You can follow along. Yeah, cool. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock creatures that move along the ground and wild animals, each according to its kind. And so, and it was so. And God made the, the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then he said this, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the sea, fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Now this is, this is incredibly profound and important. God blessed them and said to them, to mankind. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and on every, every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit on it to, with seed in it. This will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it. I will give every green plant for it. And so it was. And then God saw what he had made, and he said it was very good. And there was an evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. That's the story of creation. Genesis chapter 1 is the story of creation. Genesis chapter 2 is the story of Adam and Eve. And some people say, well, these are two... Con- I was in a Bible college. I went to a Christian college, kind of. And... Um, and I took a Bible class because they made us. And, he, and our professor said, well, there, there are two contradicting stories. You know, the first one is the story of creation. The second one is the story of creation of Adam and Eve. And they don't really make sense. It's just kind of all allegory. You know, believe what you want to believe. Right? Uh, Genesis chapter 2 is the story of Adam and Eve being the, their creation, the creation of, of woman from man. Genesis chapter 1 is not so much an account on creation as much as it is a different genre of writing. Okay? Genesis chapter 1 is more of a song than a historical document. Okay? So people are like, oh, Genesis 1 says this because historically, blah, 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 you know? It's like, yeah, that's fine. But it's probably more of a song or more of a poem than it is like the story of what happened. Right? Not saying that those things didn't happen. Just don't throw the stones. I took them away from you. But I'm just saying, like, if you read the cadence of the, of the, of the context, it's, it's, it's song, it's story. And he, and, he made, and he saw that it was good, and it was morning, and it was evening the next day. But there's something that happens in, in Genesis chapter 1, I think, that is very profound with how we are supposed to live out this life that I don't think we do very good at. 
When we were hiking a couple weeks ago, you know, last week we talked about our cairns and the things that help us get from point A to point B, the things that God has put in our lives to keep us on track. Um, and when we were hiking, you know, we did a three-mile hike, and Isaac was like, okay, I think we've gone a quarter of the way. And I'm like, sure. And then he's like, I think now we've gone like a third of the way, like five minutes later. I don't know, buddy. It's hard to say. You know, well, do you think we've gone like 1.4 miles, 1.5 miles, something like that? I'm like, I don't know, dude. And then finally I was like, dude, enjoy the journey. <laughs> enjoy what's happening out here. And he's like, well, I just want to know, are we like 2.5 miles away or 1.4 miles away? I'm like, dude, wow. <sighs> so I was getting annoyed with him. And then... Uh, and, and, and as I was getting annoyed with him, and all this happens to you, it happens to me, as I was getting annoyed, the Lord said, but you know what? You do the exact same thing about life. It's all I worry about a lot of times is getting to the next season and getting to the next place, getting to the next point. Okay, once we get to this point, then I'll be able to do this, or I'll be able to enjoy this, or once this season of work is done, then I'll be able to enjoy. Or once school starts, then we'll have some time, and we don't have to listen to them cry and scream all the time. It's going to be awesome. And God was like, you know what? You're missing out on the journey. You're missing out on the, way, the reason why I created this earth. This earth and this journey is not for you to reach a checkpoint. God is going, if, you are following, if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe that God will lead you to the checkpoint. I believe that God loves you enough as, his, as, your, as your heavenly father who created you, who spoke, breathed life into you and spoke your name into being, that he will lead you to the next point. So how do we enjoy the journey more? I was talking to you, Jill, this week. And I feel like, and you know, we moved here, we planted this church, we do all this stuff, and it's just been kind of like, okay, once we get to this point, then we'll get to that point, and then we'll do this. And I feel like that is so not the way that God created us to be. To just get to the next thing. Jesus knew he was going to go to the cross. And if, it, if I was him, I would just like rush that as soon as possible, get it over with, or avoid it forever. But Jesus, he lived out the fullness of those three years of ministry. It was very full. So let's look at this a little bit. Are we doing okay? Okay, let's go back to verse 28. Just chapter 28. The Lord said, let us make mankind in our appearance, our image, and in our likeness. So we are created by God, not just to kind of be like him or whatever. We are we're made like him in, in, our, in, in the appearance of God, just like Jesus was, the, is, was man and God. But we're also given his personality. We're given his attributes. We're made in his image and likeness. We're, we look like him, but we also will act like him. We're created to act like him. Okay? So that they may rule over, so these, these words are big, they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, because fish are just nasty, <laughs> and over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the living creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. See, when, when Adam and Eve were, were created, when Adam was created, he, they could not find, he could not find a suitable helpmate, which we'll read about in a second. And so woman was taken out of man, and when woman was created, then mankind was complete. Okay? Woman and man isn't like, well, man was made first, and then woman was made second. Just deal with it, right? It was, there was an incompleteness to humankind. God's image wasn't fully expressed in humankind until woman was made. And together, man and woman equal, they are the image and likeness of God. Sound good? Did you get the equal part? <laughs> Just checking. 
So, verse 28. So God blessed them. And he said to them, he blessed them. He said, I'm going to give you my provision. I'm going to give you my protection. I'm going to give you my presence. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. I, this is a promise of my continued connection with you. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the ground. This is the first mandate of God to the human race. Is that we are to, he blessed us and said, okay, I blessed you, I made this thing. It's so good, it's, it's awesome. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go be fruitful in it. I want you to go and increase in number. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to subdue it. I want you to rule over it. And these words, I think we've taken and we've twisted a little bit, right? So I think in some ways, God has given us this earth, given us this time until Christ returns so that we can enjoy, so that we can advance, so that we can learn, so that we can grow, so we can populate, so we can have a blast, right? So that we can enjoy the creation that God gave us. God gave us this earth to enjoy, to experience it. The first mandate isn't, I want you to be really, really, really close to me all the time. He doesn't say that. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to rule over this earth. I want you to subdue it. I want you to advance. I want you to explore. I want you to experience this thing that I created ultimately for you because you were made in my image. It wasn't like, I want you to make sure you spend a lot of time with me all the time in your, in your closet. He said, no, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to go and have a blast. When we were in South Dakota last year, I, my son was like, there's this creek in there, and he's like, what should I do today? I'm like, go get him. And we had to like scream out to him, like, we're having dinner now, you know, and he'd come just like dirty, no shirt, just a hippie. And just like, and, and, I, and I was like, man, he understands something about what God has put in our lives that I don't get. That we're, we are to advance. We're actually to learn. We're actually to advance in the technology of this life and to understand the way God made it and understand the science of it, understand the way the world works and understand this disconnection with Christianity and science is insanity. If you disconnect those things, you're not understanding the heart of God. God says, I want you to fill it. I want you to understand it. I want you to subdue it. Subdue it. That doesn't mean dominate or control or, or steward it poorly. It means I want you to understand it and subdue it. Those who work with horses, right, they know. The first thing you do to break a horse is you just try to subdue it a little bit. And you know that that horse has way more power than you could ever have. But at least you understand it and you connect with it. Be fruitful. The word fruitful, one of the, is to advance. To produce fruit, to produce things. To increase in number, to have family, to grow. To fill the earth. The word fill the earth means to satisfy or to find abundance in the earth and subdue it. God has created us for experience. God has created, don't worry, we'll get into relationships, so don't freak out. God has created us, the first mandate is go and enjoy. Go have fun. This is yours. I made it for you. Go, go get him, tiger. Have a great time. Look, look what I did. You know, God's just having a blast creating things. Like, I spoke it. Look at it. It's awesome. It's so good. This is so exciting. And he created us to experience this earth. And I think so many times if we live focusing on what's next, we miss out on the very thing that we were created to do, and that's to experience. 
And sadly, in the body of Christ, there's this kind of mandate of like, or there's this attitude of, oh, we shouldn't have fun until Jesus comes back. Or like, this world's just terrible, and it's awful, and everyone's evil, and it's all bad. We're just waiting for Jesus to come back. The devil, oh my gosh. God's like, seriously? I created this earth for you to experience it. I created each other for you to enjoy it. And the greatest gift that we have to give the world is a creation lined up with its creator again. And the way we show people God's love in his heart is by the way we enjoy the things that he's made for us. We'll talk about sin and all that brokenness in a second. Does that make sense? I think there's a twist in our minds. Instead of just focusing, I've got to experience God, I've got to be with him, I've got to figure it out. And those things are great, and please do that, those things. But God's, but God's first mandate to mankind was go get it. Go have fun. Learn, grow, advance, explore, steward, have fun with it, enjoy. And sadly, what we've done is we've uh, gotten less focus on what God has done, and we're just like hoping for heaven. God's like, yeah, heaven's coming, but I've given you this now. I've given you this now to experience. It's really quiet in here. And then he said, I will give you seed-bearing fruit. I will give you all this fruit and all this plants and all these animals. Eat up. And the last thing he says is that he, after he made mankind and after he gave them, he blessed them and after he gave them the mandate to experience this earth, then he said, man, this is really good. And on the seventh day, he watched and rested. He watched and he, he watched his creation who he breathed life into, who he formed himself, and his, the way he looks and the way he acts, and he saw them. He said, no, go have fun, and he sat and he watched and he rested. Spiced tea, sitting by a stream, enjoying. We were created to experience this world in fullness. We were created to experience and to advance and to understand and to learn and to grow in what this earth has done, because this earth will be remade someday when Christ returns whole nother message. So there's also this weird thing in church world that um, with the environment, right? So what is, what's happened because of our sin is we have, sin has entered the world and sin in the dominion we have and to the subdue it we have is twisted and become about us, right? And that's why in some ways we've harmed the environment, not some ways, lots of ways. But also, I think as followers of Jesus, we, were, we, should be the love, we should be lovers of the earth. We should be lovers of seeing the restoration of what God wants to do. We shouldn't be like, oh, I can't watch that because I can't be in that because that's environmental hippie stuff. Yeah, Jesus created, God created us to love this earth and to protect it and to steward it and to care for it. And if you care very little about that and you're like, ah, whatever, you know, that, that's not the heart of God for this place. That's really quiet. Okay, second chapter of Genesis. All right, now balance. Verse 7 in chapter 2. So now it's the story of Adam and Eve. This is a specific story of his creation with Adam and Eve. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Everything else was spoken into existence. We were breathed into existence. Let there be light, boom, light. Let there be cats, boom, cats. Let there be... Whatever, boom, whatever. 
But man, he formed us with his hands and he breathed his own breath into us. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden and there he put a man he had formed and the Lord God made all thing, all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there was a tree of life and, then, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord took the man and put it in the, him in the garden of Eden to work out and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded them, you are free to eat of all the trees in, in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. And then the Lord said, and this is big, this is, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will create a, help, a suitable helper for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds and of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living thing, it was his name. And so man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and the wild animals. But Adam, but for Adam there was no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused a man to fall in the deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he was taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And he said, whoa, man. It's a terrible, it's a terrible joke. I've heard like a hundred times. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she's taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his mother and father and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So God first created us, first man that he gives us is to be fruitful, be multiply, enjoy. This is the earth I've given for you to experience and understand. And then he creates, he finds that there's, there's something not quite fulfilled or, or there's something incomplete. So he makes woman, and then he says, now, be fruitful, multiply, right? You are formed together, now go. And they were naked, they felt no shame. So as much as we are created for experience, we are created for relationship, right? God created us because he likes us and he wants to hang out with us. He created us to be, his, our, to be friends. He created us to be together. He created us to enjoy this life together because he loves us and he loves you and he breathed life into you. God is wanting us in creation. So this is creation mandates is be fruit, to enjoy this life and to enjoy it together. To enjoy this life and to enjoy it together. Enjoy it with God and enjoy it with each other, right? Like when I was, when we were hiking with Isaac, it was so fun. Like this, I get to hang out with my son for two days. No one bugs us, you know. We're like eating, uh, eating ramen. It's just great, you know. Because God has created us to do that. And I think what we do so many times is we wait for that next checkpoint. And if you wait for those next checkpoint, you actually miss out on the things, the two very things that you just were created for, to experience life and for you to be together with someone else. And I'm trying to figure out how do I not just look ahead to what's to come? Why do I just not look, get so focused on my busy life and on what I got to do tomorrow, and the, my calendar that I miss out on what God is doing today. And so then I boil my relationship with God down to I have to have a quiet time with him. And God's like, that's never been the purpose. 
It's never been the purpose of, of, of this life. It's, it's that you, wherever you go, I'm there. And wherever you go, we get to experience this together. And so the goal of life is not to just experience God. God has already given you experience through him. But our goal in life is to experience this life with him. To experience God with him. To experience this world with him together. That as we go, when we're in the mountains, or if we're driving, or we go get ice cream, or we're together at the food truck rallies, or we're, or we're just like sitting down that last couple minutes before bed, just <sighs> that we've experienced life together with him. And I think if we can get out of just focusing on the checkpoint that I have to get to, or focusing on, oh my gosh, I suck as a Christian this week because I didn't have my quiet time, then I think we can actually enjoy the days he's given us, and we can enjoy it with the people that he's put around us. Because God's first mandate for you and for me was, man, enjoy this life. Enjoy this life. So what about sin? So when when sin entered the world, it threw everything off, right? So then our our subdue it became dominate it, right? And dominate others. And 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 our sin came out in rebellion, and it comes out in power, and it comes out in pride, and it just is about getting ours and having ours, right? And then as we've... When Jesus was sent to this earth, he was not sent as a remedy only to all the brokenness that we've done. He was sent to restore creation. He was sent to restore Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. He was sent to say, and and I've been like this, we cannot fall into the trap of escapism in Christianity, right? Like, I just got to get to heaven. It's coming. Let's go. Got to get as many of the people there. We got to go. Then we'll enjoy life. And God's like, what? Aren't you supposed to bring this kingdom to earth? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Aren't we supposed to help restore people now? Aren't we supposed to help restore God's creation now? And in Christ today, we as followers of Christ get to now subdue the earth and enjoy the earth and experience the earth the way we are attended to before at creation. That's why I don't think we should work so hard. Preaching the choir. I think we should take off a couple days a week. Anyone else? Let's do it. I think, I, think we need to, I think we need to focus more on how do we experience this world that God has given us. You know, this is something the world does better than us. Because they are striving to find the God that they don't know yet. They are just searching for what they can find and, all, and they're seeing it and what he created, because he's there. And I, over the next couple of weeks, I, this is my prayer for you and for me, is that I would just quit trying to run to the next checkpoint, that I would sl- stop and see that God has created this thing for us to enjoy, to enjoy with him, to enjoy with each other, and that I would not miss out on what he's doing all around because I think we got two miles left. Why don't you stop and look at the wildflowers? Why don't you stop and look at the, the waterfalls? Why don't you stop and look at those weird marmot things? Why don't you stop and see who you're even with? Stop and see that I have a 10-year-old son who I have a finite time with. Why don't I stop and see the neighbors I have all around me who need to know Jesus? How do I stop and see the barista that is just probably needing to be cared for a little bit instead of trying to get to the next checkpoint? I think when we slow down and we experience, 
we become more of who God created us to be from the beginning. And we actually help restore this earth. We actually help restore us to the, the original intent of God to just, man, enjoy it, subdue it, steward it, love it, learn, grow, advance. My prayer for you Monday morning is that you would take moments to experience. That we are not just to, just to experience God. It's, it's cruddy theology, too. You just have to go and experience God, and God's like, listen, I've been here all the time. I'm in everything. I'm everywhere. Let's just, let's just do it. <laughs> Psalm 139 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and I settle by the side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night before me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you and the night will shine like the day for the darkness is as light to you. I just think that my prayer for the next month as we talk about things like, next week we're going to talk about why we sing. Because all creation singing, right? Creation is singing. And, the man, and one of the main things that God asks of us is to sing to him. That's why we sing. Why don't you guys come up and we're going to sing it. We're going to sing. <laughs> God said so, so. So, how do you see creation? How do you see this earth? How do you see this time that we have together with it? How do you see this next season of your life? We, we live, I don't think you need like a ton of money to experience that. I think sometimes it helps. Because you can go to like Switzerland and Africa and these places. But you know, five minutes from here, you get to experience the beauty of what he's done. Outside this door, you get to see like 5,000 rabbits eating, eating, eating the apples. You get to see what God has done. And I guess my prayer for you guys and for me is that, and this is like a conviction of me, is that I would not just strive for the next checkpoint, but that I would, I would take a stop, take a breather, and I would see that, I would look, go back to the beginning when God said, made us, and he made this earth, and he saw that it was really, really good. And then he said, you know, it's not good that you're alone. You should have other people around to experience this together. You should have other people. And you, you got me, right? It's promise. Wherever you go in there, it's going to be a blast. Let's have fun. And, uh, and so my prayer for you is that you would just take a moment and you would experience what God's doing with him. You experience this earth with him. It's just, and, and, and you might have to put it in your schedule, you know? You might have put it like, I'm going to go someplace with someone and breathe in the air that God breathed into you. And I think if we can get back to some, some of that creation relationship with God, I think it will feel less like we're just failing all the time. Anybody? Because when I look at only things that I do and how did I perform well did I do well enough did I do bad enough today then I miss out on the whole point of what God's done when God's like hey listen I made this for you and in the scheme in the, in the big picture of those mountains up there I'm so small compared to those things and my problems are even smaller and God says that's the point 
that your failures are way smaller than what I made for you. Your brokenness is way smaller than what I've done for you. And your sinfulness and your pride and your po- the power you strive for is nothing compared to the force of what I've done for you. So my prayer right now for you is that we would get back to the heart that God has put into us from the beginning. Go and enjoy this world. Go and enjoy this world, this earth that I created for you, and do it in relationship with me and with other people. And in doing so, what we do is we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And when all that, when the heaven, when kingdom of heaven is around us, people want to know what is going on, and people will be changed, and people will want to be drawn to you the kingdom is good. Let's pray. Father, would you just bless this time? Would you speak to us now? God, you know our schedules. You know our life. You know that, you know, what we strive for, Lord. I pray that we would see you in the little, in the still times. We'd see you in the busy times. God, we'd, we'd take time out of our life to experience this thing that you've done. You've given us the sun that sets and it rises. God, you've given us the birds of the air to enjoy and to, and to understand and to experience. You've given us the mountains and the the seas, the lakes and the rivers to just see you in. And that we would experience this earth earth with you. That we would slow down to stop and enjoy the journey you've put us on. That we would jump into a pool with all of our clothes on. And we'd eat too much and we'd have a blast and we'd laugh way too hard. God, that we would just experience the fullness of what you have for us today. And in doing so, bring your bring heaven to earth to draw people to you. Jesus, thank you that you restored all things and you are making all things new. So God, pray for people here that, that if this rings true in our hearts today, God, that we would just take some time this week to experience this life with you. And we should get alone with you and be, be quiet with you. All that's great. Nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't end there. You are with us in your promise and your blessing that was given to us was that you will provide and you will give us your presence forever, wherever we go. So just fill us with your spirit again. Give us your eyes and your ears for this. Help us to understand this more and help us to take the deep breath that you gave to us to know that you are with us. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. And while we stand, we're going to sing one more song, and then we'll go. For I spoke a word, you sing over me.